Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. I'm talking about straining for that logo on the side of your helmet and not the name on your back. Yes, sir. Because we know what it represents. It represents everybody here you see and everybody you can't that we've talked about. I'm here to strain with you, man. I swear to God I'm here to strain with you. Let's go. Everything you got, strain with everything you got. Let's go. Bills on three. One, two, three. Bills. You're listening to the Off Tackle with John Fita Show with your host, Joe Miller. Well, what is going on, everybody? Welcome. Welcome, everybody, into the Off Tackle with John Fina Show, brought to you by the Market Dominator team on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day, Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. I'm the host of this year's wonderful show, the Off Tackle with John Fina Show. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter, Joe Miller Wired. Sitting next to me right over there is the star of this show, the inevitable Mr. John Fina himself, who you can find, as you can see, at John Fina, and he's a wonderful, and there it is, the crack of the beer. <laughs> John, how are you today? How is it? <laughs> it's better than the alternative crack, right? <laughs> Yikes. Anyways, moving on from that one. <laughs> how was uh how are you feeling I, I, are you back are you rested you got to sleep in your own bed last night i got home today at about 4 30 i literally first thing i did was watch the football game took a nap in at halftime watch the second half ate some dinner here we are how was how was your day did you work today i did work today all day yeah uh, it was a whirlwind though you know i always plan these trips like my last trip to buffalo I just overbook myself. I go from place to place. I, I just can't get enough, right? So I, I always think, oh, I'm going to have downtime here, and there's no downtime. And, it, it, of course, I'm all the better for it. You know, idle hands are the devil's playground. Idle hands playground. Speaking of the devil's playground, you and I were in Kansas City this weekend for this <laughs> wonderfully awesome football game. What It was one of the best Bills game experiences I've had. Um, it was away or in Toto in, in general, just, uh, just in general, like the, 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 the group was good. The personalities that were there that were good. I mean, obviously we went as a group of 10, right? So my four, me, my wife, my two girls, yep. I'm, I'm going to miss somebody. Uh, but, uh, you know, and then from there, Jerry, O, you, John Spazchek, Joe Marino, Alyssa and, and Kristen Kimmick. I didn't miss anybody. And, and who? The Warlock. Oh, yeah. Well, Warlock, he was, yes. War, yes. LaShawn came and, and joined us as well. 
Um, I meant the group, the the, the group chat that we kind of had as far as that goes. It was yeah. Lashawn doesn't miss, so Lashawn goes to every game. He's, mm. Kenny was there, so Pinto Ron was like two cars. Yeah, away. yeah. Uh, the Kansas City Bills backers were next to us. The Springfield four one seven Bills backers were next to us. And after a little while, it ended up being that I, I don't know where everybody came from. There was just a ton of people. Jerry at one point, he's like, I feel like I'm in one of the exhibits at the zoo. <laughs> he's, like, <laughs> he's like, people are just looking at me, going, That's Jerry. Like, yeah, <laughs> but you're not willing to talk to me. So. He's like, dude, uh, at least I'm incognito. They recognize you, but they don't recognize me. And I'm like, I'm gonna fix that. Some of the best. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix that. I tweeted him out like, like I'm standing there and I was talking to somebody. I was, I was standing over the food table and Jerry's cooking behind me, and I hear a guy go, "You're a big old boy. Did you ever play football?" <laughs> I did play football. He goes, "Oh yeah, where?" At? He goes, "I played at Tulsa and I played for the Bills for ten years." <laughs> <laughs> and people were like coming up to me and like, do you think Jerry O will take a picture with me? I'm like, I turned it into a cottage industry. I was like, you know, five bucks. I think I can convince him. Yeah, that's funny. A line in my pocket, selling out Jerry O. What's up? Selling yeah, out. it was great to see Jerry. You know, we um, we got along smashingly well as teammates, and you know, now that we're both in our fifties, we're kind of. St- salty a little bit maybe a little crusty around the edges so he and i watching the game together in a sweep with just all kansas city people 40 yard line 50 rows up just the best best place you could watch a game catering and booze and and they had queso which was awesome you're hysterical. It was so funny because, you know, we got to play it cool when you're in enemy territory, even though between Jerry O and I, we could have thrown a, a few people down to the sideline. <laughs> it was fun. Joe Marino was a lot of fun. So he was, he was, and then, and then when LaShawn, it was funny because like we're all there, right? So there's a decent group of people there. Kenny, like I said, is there. And then, and then LaShawn shows up, Warlock shows up and it's like, oh, the most popular person like in Bill's Mafia is here right now. Like everybody's like, oh, Warlock's here. Yeah, we'll yeah, I'll, I'll play second fiddle to him. I'm good for sure. LaShawn's awesome. So yeah, yeah such a good dude and such, yeah. such a generous and giving heart. But uh, yep. it, it 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 was a wonderful weekend, and we can talk more about that. Obviously, as we kind of talk about the game and what kind of when we get into our topics. But ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into the Off Tackle with John Fina Show, brought to you by the Market Dominator Team on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. It's so good to have you. We are Super Chat Live. Uh, please like and subscribe, whatever platform you're on. But real quick, let's take just a moment and hear from our show's, our show's title sponsor, who I believe is in the comment section right now, the man, the myth, the legend, John Spascheck himself, who was at the Kansas City game with us. Yes, he was. Red 19, Blue 21, set up. Oh, oh, hey, guys. Hey, guys. I'm not Josh. I'm John Spasjack, the market dominator, the proud sponsor of the John Phoenix Show, hosted by the voice, Joe Miller. That's me. And folks, the great thing about why we love our quarterback, not only is he awesome, but here's the reasons why. He's super disciplined. He's an incredible hard worker. He actually is very intelligent, and he has a ton of focus. These are some of the qualities that my good man, John Phoenix, used on the field to help the Bills get to Super Bowls so many years ago. But now, in real estate, I'm the guy who helps you win. This is what we do. We educate, we advocate, we negotiate, and we dominate. So if you want to win in this market, you call me, 716-570-3298. Go! Let's go, Buffalo! 
Let's go, Buffalo. That is John Spascheck. Do us a favor if you're in the market to buy or, home, buy or sell a home anywhere, apparently in America, but uh, especially in Western Europe, please give John a call. You can find him at 716-570-3298. Yeah, he was great. I had a great time. You know, I met him once before or twice before, but kind of limited engagement. We we're doing a podcast from O'Neill's, but I got to spend some time with him. Uh, this weekend and what a great guy and you know he is the dominator like he's not afraid he dives in like i gotta tell you i mean if i buy that house he's my guy because he's like he's tenacious but in a good way i mean i had a blast with the guy we 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 killed it at walmart to all five or six of us that trip was hilarious i'm I'm upset that i missed uh, that but uh yeah you guys had a lot of fun on uh saturday while we were trying to get to to uh kansas city but it was just an incredible time my wife had a great time my kids had a great time the bills won uh, obviously, which is great. So it's Victory Tuesday. This is a special Victory Tuesday edition of the Off Tackle with John Fina Show. So with that, let's uh, let's get this thing started and let's uh, start at the beginning, which are thoughts of the game. So what were you? And you can start anywhere you want. You can start at the pregame. You can start right. Or you can start you know in the parking lot. You can start on Saturday. Where, however you want to go. With overall arching thoughts. Well, first of all, I got to say um, an enormous thank you to John and the Kansas City Bills backers. They were awesome. And the, the, the downtown at Taps that they set up, the bar, was incredible. I mean, you'd have thought you were in downtown Buffalo. Uh, the food was good. The entertainment was incredible. And just the number of Bills fans walking around was awesome. And then, of course, uh, Josh Allen's father and and his mother and a buddy they got up and amped up the crowd and sang "Sweet Caroline." It was awesome. I don't know if you saw that on Twitter. It was it was awesome. He's got some pipes, so uh, it was great. I saw uh, re- I saw a repost of it. So yeah, yeah, it was it was yeah. pretty damn good. Yeah, it was pretty damn solid. Uh, and then uh, you know after the the. Uh, the Bills backers clubs that, you know, so many of them were represented. I mentioned John in Kansas City, but uh, there were a number of them there, including the Arkansas Bills backers, and I got their sticker too, so I'm, I'm digging it. Awesome. And uh, I have to say, the Kansas City fans that I engaged with were nothing but congenial and kind and no BS or anything like that before, during, or after the game. It was great. I mean, yeah. all around. And, of course, freaking game was like yeah can i stop you before you get to the game let me stop before you get the game well i had i had to have an aed for jerio he was going down on me charge (laughs) clear (laughs) jerio stay with us don't go to the light jerry jerio what am i gonna tell jamie and the kids no (laughs) i have no idea what you're talking about why was jerio dying Dude, weren't you dying during that game? I mean, every uh, time you turn around, you're like heart palpitations. I was, I was, I was, I was nervous at times, but I was, I felt like the game was in control. I don't want to talk about that yet. I want to talk about the crowd because you have played on that football field, right? How many times did you play in that stadium? Uh, twice. Now, in the suite that you were in, were the windows open or were they closed? We had a doorway, and uh, it was always open. We went outside a little bit, but I was like, oh, God, it's too loud. Too many too many bad memories of being in away games. I was starting to get a little, you know, a twitch and a trigger. I was like, I'm starting to freak out. And I think that's what happened was the environment of the game just, like, penetrated me. And I was 
just like I couldn't do anything. So I started getting amped up like I was playing again. I couldn't sleep the night before. Same as always in these damn hotels the night before a game. I'm having pan, not a panic attack, but I keep thinking like I got to go out on the field. No, I don't. I'm just sitting here drinking beer. <laughs> so I was going to ask you what the, if, if, how the crowd, because that was the fourth time I've been in the stadium and I'm now willing to admit that's I was 0-3 in that stadium watching the Bills play there. Mm. Um, but that crowd is just – their crowd is 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 awesome. They're just a great crowd. Um, I've said this story to a lot of people many, many times as far as just, you know, when you when you think about football IQ, and, and it goes – and it's funny because we, we hear that and we understand that if you're old enough and older than – you know, not or young, younger than me but not – crazy young so you're not going to burst into a john denver older than the mountains sunshine on my shoulder anyway takeo spike said one of the reasons that he signed here was because he understood that bills fans are smart like from playing here and being in the stadium he realized that bills fans were smart so all Mm -hmm. that to say this we have a we have a high football iq in this town um you we've talked about when to get loud so bills fans are very good about like you know when the when the players are in the huddle they're you know they're starting to get loud they break the huddle they come to the line they get real loud as soon as the ball snaps then the, the volume comes down and then you know it rinse and repeat all the way through and then third down it's nuts right it's absolutely insane rinse and repeat rinse and repeat in kansas city i don't know if you caught it but literally the bills take the field for the first time as the players are running out on the field <sighs> Like the, the crowds are mm-hmm. loud and they're loud until the Bills don't have the ball anymore. And like yeah, it's very the, aggravating. The boo, the booing moment when when that when that push off uh, that Travis Kelsey got pull, uh, called for, which was a push off. I you know it might have been t- ticky tack, but he literally extended his arm high, got separation. It was a push off. It was a penalty. The booing that ensued and the unison at which that crowd does things like they just do unison cheers and chants so well it's borderline soccer-esque at times I, I, they, they, they must get a script when they're walking into the game okay in the first quarter we'll be using the boot here followed by the tomahawk chop and right. next up is going to be yeah right. they're, they're they're pretty fantastic uh not not to the disparagement of the Bills Mafia crowd because you guys are also yeah. awesome yeah, for yeah. sure. So, all right. Now, continue, if you will, with the game portion. I apologize. I just want to talk about the crowd just for a minute. I still got a little locked up and, you know, kind of, you know, a little overwhelmed by what we were talking about. I kind of lost my place. I'm, <laughs> and then the game. I stopped. Yeah, so Jerry O and I are sitting there, like, with our freaking giant noses against the glass, right? You know, sitting in the fishbowl. And, you know, there were times when the Kansas City – people and they were wonderful and it was a great old friend of mine uh who afforded us the opportunity to sit with them and can't thank them enough and Mm. (laughs) they were they come by and they were trying to be nice about it you know and kind of just you know those are like uh, the nice way of giving somebody a dig uh but i i i like you felt like the game was there weren't panic moments but when you're a player you know you're so amped up that there aren't panic moments, but there are, you know, just like this elevated uh, testosterone level, you know, elevated, um, what's that other thing they give you? Serotonin. Serotonin. Adrenaline, adrenaline, right? So you're like on this adrenaline feed. And the fans get this way too. I'm not trying to take anything away from the experience of, of being there, but never having played. And you just, it's exhosting in a way, but it's also like, 
simultaneously invigorating like you draw on it and you know there there are moments when you're having success and the crowd is still loud where you you know you're still you're walking up to the line of scrimmage you're like you're loud but we're kicking your ass <laughs> that would have been last year's uh regular season game the game to me i mean there was nervous moments mckenna at one point i looked over at her and she was like shivering and i was like are you cold and we were in the shade which wasn't great so the the, the visitor side was in the sun for mm. most of the game and we were much like at the bill stadium you know it's what it's 60 degrees the wind's blowing it on the back of my neck and because we're in the shade it was a little bit chilly whereas everybody else was warm and toasty but i looked at her at one point because mckenna was sitting next to me and i was like are you cold like she's shivering she's like i'm nervous <laughs> i was like mm. okay um that, that's hey that's good training you got yeah. yourself a real bills fan there now right. she's like it's like uh it's like a disease a you know, bit. with no cure. You're going to have it for the rest of your life, McKenna. Yeah, a little bit. The way that it opened, obviously, it, it, it laid out and played out exactly how we thought. No score in the first quarter, 10-10 at the half. So whoever had zeros for the squares came out, you know, did really, really well for first quarter and halftime. Uh, but uh, the, the game, the, the whole entire experience was great to walk out of that building with the W. I know... It's funny because it's it's coming up on Twitter a lot today that this game doesn't matter, just like last year's regular season game didn't matter. It only matters what happens in the playoffs. And as much as that is true, it was still uh-huh. relieving to come out of that stadium again with a win. And and it wasn't – how do I say that it wasn't even the – blowout fashion is different, right? When blowout when blowouts happen, you're a player. You can, you can speak to this. Normally – we got exploited by something. They, they they found something to get us, and we couldn't overcome. And then the game turns, and by the second half, it's just a different game. We're trying to play catch up. When it's a close, tight game like that, like you're going at it. You're 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 slu- It's a slugfest, and that's it. It felt a little bit like that to me. You have two of the top six teams in the entire league, right? Mm-hmm. You're going into a hostile stadium mm-hmm. with great coaching and great players. You know, blowouts don't really happen that often in those situations. Uh, And, you know, look, like Mahomes or not, he's kind of got a little bit of a horseshoe up as you know what. You know, I mean, the guy can pull it out. He's impressive to watch. He's fun to watch. Not as good as our guy. But um, I got to say, like, you you just, you, you, you know, I live for blowouts because I can't take the stress. Right, right. And, but everybody knew going in there it was going to be a hard-fought game, and it delivered everything, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you had you had glorious plays from both teams. So, I mean, it, it was a feast for the eyes in the experience. You know, from, Including run from, game, ground, through the air, yeah, tackles, yeah. defensively, sacks. Like, it was great. It, it had everything. It really did. I'll, I'll say, um, I, I don't think, I mean, aside from the, the two interceptions the Bills had, I mean, the secondary play on both sides of the ball was, was not remarkable. But, mm-hmm. you know, there it was a lot of bend-bend by both teams. Bend-bend, don't break. And, we mm-hmm. you know, we just have a guy who put the ball on three receivers in a way that is, I mean, we're talking Van Gogh. We're talking Da Vinci. <laughs> you know, we're, like the the precision and the beauty of a couple of those throws. Mm. Yeah, I saw someone on Twitter that said, "Oh, Josh can only throw to wide open guys." I'm like, "Bro, I don't know what game you're watching." The, the I mean, t- the touchdown pass at the end, the throw to Dawson Knox was not a wide open throw. He threw Dawson Knox open in that play. Threw him, and the the throw to to uh, Gabe Davis. 
yeah, that touchdown. The, the touchdown. Yeah, that one happened actually right below me. Yeah, it's funny because on the broadcast, I just watched the game back, and you know, Romo was talking about how when they get Willie Gay back and when they get a couple other players back, and it's like I don't know that that matters. I don't know that the Bills getting Tre'Davious White back if Micah Hyde plays. Pat Mahomes is Pat Mahomes. Josh Allen is Josh Allen. These guys are going to make plays. That's right. And and so I think what's interesting about what you just said, and I'm going to transition to a new idea because it is my show. You know, we 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 know we have QB God one on our team, right? Mm-hmm. Like the the deliver us from all evil. We finally got the guy kind of guy. Right. But he, you know, he's never going to be thirty of thirty. With 413 yards and six touchdowns, it's just never going to happen. He is still human, and he will still have an errant throw from time to time. Yes. But when it matters, when it's clutch, you know, uh, you, you got to hope to make 80% of those. Yeah, like, oh, you want 100% of those clutch moments. And I'm like, you know what? We're, it's just you, it's just too much to ask. You can't get... You can't get 100. The ascension of jo- the curve, the arc, the curve, ascension, whatever you want to say, the, the continued reach for his ceiling, which I'm not sure if we still have seen his ceiling yet, has has been so remarkable that I was – we, you, you you flew out yesterday from Kansas City. Joe Marino, myself, my family, Kristen Kimmick, stuck around until today, uh, Tuesday. And Marino and I were watching the the, the Monday Night Football game, the the – the Chargers versus Broncos game in the lobby downstairs. I was like, I just texted him. I was like, hey, Joe, my family's going to bed. Do you want to watch the game downstairs with me? And he's like, that'd be awesome. So we watched the game downstairs. And it was it's interesting because the point that I made was when... Hashtag, jealous. Oh, hashtag jealous. Je- yeah, you could have stayed. Um, what's, what's interesting about just that is having a Touché. conversation with Marino about Herbert and Allen. You know, when Herbert came out year one, year two... There was this feeling that Herbert is going to be or kind of is like a mini Josh. Like he's got mm-hmm. that arm talent. He's big. He's, you know, he's he's a thick dude and he's ballsy and a gunslinger and will throw the ball into windows. And Josh has just opened the gap. Like, you know, if you're into NASCAR and you watch the guy that's in the lead just open that gap be- be- between him and everybody else, that's what Josh has done. They don't even look like a similar player anymore. Herbert looks good. Allen just looks on like he's on a different level. Yeah. I, to be fair, I'll say that Josh is a feeder. You know, he loves I I talked to his father at the bar, uh, and you just know the guy's a feeder. He mm-hmm. feeds off of everybody on that team. He is he is pulling energy from everybody, and he is – I don't think it's a burden, but he is carrying – the weight, like give me more, build on me, and and the and it seems, you know, I'm not in the locker room, but it seems that it's uh, it's sequential, like everybody's doing it. They all want a piece, and they all want to give, you know. And it, it's uh, it's a special place to be when you have a locker room like that, you yeah. know. I mean, look at Deion Dawkins and. Uh, is it McKenzie doing the doing the locker room karaoke, or is it McKenzie? Or I mean, that that you know that just doesn't happen with yeah. guys that aren't happy being together. Yeah, and that that's the kind of thing that's going to get you through those dark moments in a game. And you know, I'm not going to say every game, but probably you know seventy five percent of the game games that you play, there's doubt creeps, man. Yeah, and if if you have a 
uh, a will of all the guys, you know, that's how you overcome it. It's when mm. doubt starts creeping in. It's when fear starts creeping in and things start to fall off, you know, like scales of a fish start falling off or right. whatever analogy you want to want to use in the armor. The armor's down, the protection's down, and then the finger pointing starts happening. Right. And you just don't see that with this team. You don't. Even, even you know, and with the losses, right? Like, you could... I mean, there was no out outcry of anger against the defense from last year. You know, I, I, I think among the players, you know, they, they keep it tight and they keep it respectful. And I think they regard each other as, as great professionals. And, and that makes a difference on the field. When I, when I look at the guy next to me and say, man, I, I, you know, I, I need to be more like that son of a bitch. Right, you know, right. and if you got a, if you got ten other guys on your offense that you want to be more like, and they're pointing the finger at you, saying, "I want to be more like you," yeah. you got a good, you got a good thing going, there's and we lot, have a good, we have a good thing going. There's a lot about this team, whether it's the culture or even the depth. You know, when when Spencer Brown went out injured, the guy, the Chiefs fan that was sitting next to me was like, "Well, that's going to be good for us," and I was like, "Actually, David Questenberry, who was the starting right tackle for the Titans last year, is our is our backup." The guy was like, "Shit." <laughs> yeah, and by my measure, you know, David had one poor play. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but it, look, it's one thing to be standing on the sideline and hear that crowd noise, and it's another thing to get your ass hauled into action at a moment's notice. All right. of a sudden, the noise is in your head. Right. You know, right. and that makes a difference. I mean, I don't. I you just can't explain when it's third and long. And you're in your two-point stance, and you're trying to look at the ball out of one eyeball and look at the ginormous, menacing, frightening defensive end who's literally salivating at third and long at home with 300 decibel levels, knowing full well that he's going to get a quarter of a step or a half a step on you, especially now that we do this signaling thing and there's no more count. I right. mean, that, like, to me, like, that brings back some heart palpitations. That, that is, holy cow. I mean, that's a hard deal. I, I, I explained it, but the lived experience of, being at an away stadium that's loud on third and ten in a close game is about as shitty as it gets. <laughs> let's um let's let's transition into the good. So with that, why don't we hear from John in regards to our uh, one of our other sponsors, House Capital? Do you have a read? Are you ready to read for me? Oh, I am ready. I am ready. Drum roll, please. When you're looking for to buy a house, everybody's got a guy. That's not working. Hey, you might need some work done on your roof. Your buddy's got a guy. Need an inspection? Well, hell, I know somebody. Doesn't everybody. And when you're looking to get your financing together, there is no other guy than Brian Belser from House Capital. They help make the mortgage process simple, hassle-free, and understandable at House Capital. Their preferred relationships with some of the top lenders gives you the edge up in getting the financing that you need. Take it to the house with House Capital. Brian Belser, House Capital. I'll tell you, it's one another one of those things between buying a house, financing a house. You just want people to take it, take the stress. Mm. Take the process away from you yes. and, only, and don't bring the problems to, to you, you know? 
Yeah, when we talk about some rolling into the good, right? So the things mm -hmm. in this game that were good. First of all, I need to uh, let the audience who is live with us on the chat and loves the position breakdowns and the offensive line breakdowns. We are having some issues with copyright infringement as it pertains to NFL films. So we're trying to work th through a way. We keep getting flagged, and, and for lack of a better term, go ahead. You know what we should do is just tell, like, like I give the plays and then have the people who are listening at home or watching at home queue it up on their DVR because everybody in this chat right here is like, don't delete, never delete, delete in 2095, right, when I've been dead for right, 10 right. years. So, so we're not going – we're trying to work it out. We're, we're working with Buffalo Rumblings SB Nation uh, to figure out a way to for us to continue using footage. Uh, it might go back to me hand recording with my phone over my computer, uh, which isn't great. We're kind of working with There won't be any film breakdown this week. And we got to figure that out. But good-wise, I want to tell you this. Good-wise, I want to ask you a question. We've talked already a lot about Josh, and you called him to be one God. Uh, what do you call Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're having an audio issue. It's coming across like, uh, I don't know what, Ukrainian. Listen, every every week this happens. where you That's better. There you go. Every week this is exactly what happens. And then the people know. in the comment section are like, your audio is fine, Joe. I think it's your internet connection. I think you is get it my more, internet? What's get, the internet? Yeah, exactly, Al Gore. I think you get jitter or something or whatever. Yeah. Anyways, regardless. So you've already talked about Josh Allen. We talked a little bit about that. And what I want to know from you as a player, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes are similar in ways, but they're different as well. Josh mm -hmm. Allen has a rifle of an arm. He's not as much of a touch thrower. He can do the off-platform, alternate angle, move the pocket stuff, but he's far more of an aggressive runner than Pat Mahomes is. He's obviously bigger than Pat Mahomes. Mahomes is very much a touch guy. He's a, he's a creator, right? He's a creator in the pocket where Josh Allen is probably, I think the what has helped Josh Allen uh, – propel his game is structure learning to play from structure uh which pat can do but he's also a creator when you see these two 
just from a good standpoint, similarities, differences, like what, what is the big things that stick out to you? Yeah, I think the most important thing is the buy-in aspect of it, right? I mean, they're both enormously skilled and they're incredibly resourceful when things go bad. And whether, you know, one guy scrambles aggressively or the other one, you know, does a little bit more creation waiting for his guys to get open, who's, you know, I would argue that Mahomes is a little slippier, slippy, slipperier, slipperier? Yeah. More, more slippery than Josh, but Josh will, you know, rather than try to be slippery, he'll just try to run you over, which I don't want to happen to me. <laughs> uh, so... <clears throat> It's the buy-in with these two guys, which was similar to when we had Flutie, right? The play is never over. Right, right. Right? right. The, he's not, he's not going to start heading to the sideline with 15 yards to go and just run out of bounds. He's still thinking, still looking. Right. So I think it's the buy-in. It's the, the play is never over kind of thing, and, and that's really translational. Uh, across the front five as well as the other five. Yeah. You know, everybody is looking to make uh, make something from nothing. Yeah. And I think that's an inspirational quality, right? I mean, and, and, and everybody knows on both of those teams, like, you know, I don't want to be caught on film thinking the play is over when it's not. That happened to Von Miller this weekend. He made a tackle. Uh, he tackled Pat Mahomes at the one, like on a one or two yard gain that he kind of gave up on, and was like, "Oh, he's still running around." <laughs> and had to chase him. <laughs> I saw that. I saw that. But hey, going going to the good, right? We talked about Josh. Yeah. We and, and those guys. There's similarities. I mean, we could go all day long and talk about yeah. where they differ, where they're similar, and how great they are. I mean, it's undeniable. But what I would say, you know, for us bringing it back home to our people here is you cannot imagine uh, just the, the, the amount of respect I have for Matt Milano. Mm, mm. I, <laughs> he made plays. He made about three plays in that game that were just stunning. Mm-hmm. That were game-changing plays that kept the Bills in the game. He was outflanked by Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I thought for sure. Uh, and he just he accelerated and he made that tackle for a no gain or one yard gain. It was astounding. He was outflanked. Edwards Alaire had position on him, and you know it, it's hard to look past that guy as like, wow, how is he not getting more attention? I mean, yeah. just a terrific player. Uh, our I think our wide receivers overall were were quite good. We had, I think, one or two drops that were kind of head-scratchers. Uh, even Diggs uh, went alligator arms on us on one, I think. Right. Uh, that was Jerry O. I didn't say that, Stefan. It was Jerry O. He was sitting right Don't next to me. me. Don't point at me. <laughs> point the other way. Well, Jerry's not here. Uh, the, other, the other thing I have to say is the offensive line played pretty freaking well. I mean, Devin Singletary's numbers were great. Yeah. I mean, they were great. He didn't, he didn't eclipse 100 yards, but... If you add his uh, receiving yardage to his running yardage, I think he was about 100 and 130, somewhere around there. I actually don't know. It was, uh, it was pretty damn good. I was, I was pleased with what I saw. I mean, it's hard to like look at this and say, well, you know, could have done better here because, yeah, I saw a lot of talk like, well, why can't we cover Kelsey? And I'm like, hey, you know what? There's like 
30 other teams that have a hard time with that too. You know, this, this is what they do. And it's a little bit like, um, it's a little bit like you gotta just be in for the pain. Right. Right. Because there's no getting out without pain. There isn't. (laughs) Uh, so he had 107, I believe is the yards that he had all purpose yards, which is still still great. Yes, um, I think seventy plus running the running the ball on another. I think he had four receptions for forty or thirty eight. Yeah, that yeah. So the, for me, the good there was a lot of good in this game. The the pressures that got home. Von Miller was a above and beyond amazingly wild good. Everything that we I was going to get to Von. You stole my thunder, but take it, take the thunder. The reason you pay him the ungodly contract that even I had a negative reaction to when I filmed myself live watching it on NFL Network when they announced it. Uh, that's why you pay him the money to get home twice to to cause him to get off of his spot on the last. And what's what's odd, not odd. What's awesome about what you said about Milano is Von goes inside on the last play. Uh, Mahomes goes to his right, and he has to he has to double clutch because Milano's right there, like Milano's there, and then Taron Johnson comes off of his guy. He reads it and reacts, and he's like, "Oh, I know right where this yeah. ball's going," and then he comes up. So those three guys made that play, which was awesome. So just the defense and how they were working as a cohesion to me was very good. Travis Kelsey, I don't know what you do about that guy. To your point, like. There were, I'm, I'm sitting in the stands, and I'm in the first row of the upper deck on about the 18-yard line, and I hear the crowd around me. As I'm watching the play develop when the Chiefs are on the field, I'm listening to the, the fans around me, the Chiefs fan yelling, Kelsey's wide open, and then my eyes glance, and sure enough, Kelsey's like standing on the field somewhere all by himself, and Mahomes just missed him, which is a fun conversation about when they talk about quarterbacks missing, how do they miss that wide open guy? How did they not see that? Well, Trevor several times was wide open on the field, as was Diggs. The very first uh, drive the Bills had, Stephon Diggs was down in the end zone by himself, like screaming for the football. Sometimes they just can't see it. But anyways, I you know, I mean, you only have you only have so much progression you can go through, exactly. right? And and if you are if Travis Kelsey is number one in every progression, he's going to be covered in yeah. every progression, right? Right. So there are times when. In my opinion, if if your progression is going one, two, three on the right, you know this guy's on the on the left is out of it. Yeah, yeah. And then it's when the play gets extended, and your eyes go to that that guy, and you're like, oh, he's wide open. But that's you know, like you go from one, two, three, survival mode, freak out mode, you know, running for my life mode, and you know, of course, easy. Oh, that guy's open. What the hell? Throw it to that guy. That guy. How'd you miss that yeah, guy? Yeah, how'd you miss him? Except for like the six foot five thundering nine guys in front of you, terrorizing you, looking to break your ribs and concuss your brain. Well, that was that was a slight to the people a couple of years ago that used to comment on Josh Allen missing a guy. Like, how did he not see X player mm. wide open? It, you just don't. And all the great ones miss wide open guys. It just happens. So the the path rush I thought was fantastic. That was you know exactly what you signed up for and why you signed Daquan mm. Jones, why you signed Tim Settle, why you bring back Jordan Phillips, why you bring back right. Jack Lawson. All of these guys made plays. Uh, and Vaughn Miller, obviously. Matt Milano had himself a game. Tremaine Edmonds had himself a game. The defensive backfield was good. The defense, I mean, they, they held that team to 20 points, which – they you know, did the number one scoring offense in the league. They played very well. They held them down, and obviously, we didn't score as many points either. But either, but it is what it is. I thought Devin Singletary, to your point, had a great game. He had some really great rushes. And then for me, the big thing 
was the one thing that we could not do two years ago, which was run the clock out. So when we got the ball back at five minutes, we did it against the Ravens, and we've done it now against the Chiefs. You get the ball back at five, 526 or 523, whatever it was, and it was before where we just didn't have whatever the game script was to drag that clock out to get it down to almost nothing. They did it against the Ravens. They did it in this game. They gave the Chiefs back with 103 left. And yep. on Diggs looks at Vaughn Miller as, they, as the defense is taking the field, and he says, finish it. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll put this on that. Um, and I agree with your assessment, but, or and, I guess is and, I, I want more of our front four to get free. I don't want it to just be Vaughn. You know, I, and I, I got to see more from Groot and Epinesa. Uh, they they got to get there. They got to get home. I was in particular a play with AJ where, and and this is an offensive lineman's dream. Okay, mm-hmm. and and I would tell him if he was on this podcast right now, I'd tell him to his face. If you're committed to the upfield shoulder on a rush, you gotta finish the move. Mm-hmm. You, you and and Vaughn does this, so he's like I, I'm sold on this move. I'm I'm bought in and I'm gonna finish. And I saw on two occasions where Epinesa he feels like I'm not gonna get there and he, and he pumps the brakes and then it's just an offensive lineman's dream. You can see my hands, right, Joe? Right. Yeah. And I'm just gonna grab and I'm gonna squeeze and I'm gonna pull you in like that and you're done. But the reason that it's important especially against a guy like Pat Mahomes, is you keep pressing that. If that's your move, if you chose the upfield shoulder, finish the move. Because at the end of it, if the ball doesn't come out on time, the tackle is not in a great position to deal with you with a mobile quarterback kind of sliding around in the pocket. And you can get home in those instances. But I promise you, as a defensive end, if you don't have a plan and you don't execute the plan, you're not going to get home. Right, right. Uh, so that, that's my two cents for what my it's last worth. Good was it was good to see Dawson Knox get a touchdown and actually have some re- receptions. I, I I said to Sterling Furrow, who did the overreaction show for me on Sunday night, which was awesome. Thank you again, Sterling Furrow, for that. Thank you, Sterling. Um, which allowed me to actually get through a game and not have to take notes. I didn't chart plays, which was, I looked at McKenna and I was like, it's really amazing to sit here and watch a Bills game and not chart plays. <laughs> you do that too? <laughs> I do that too. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just one of those things because I got to have it for the show, right? Um, yeah. So as much as I was excited to see him score that touchdown, I've wildly been wondering where the heck he has been this year. And I know that he's going through a lot. And this isn't necessarily me a slight on Dawson. It's just more of a, I don't know if they're scheming him different. My, I, I guess, believe that they're trying to keep him in to block. Maybe he's coming in for protections. I know you're probably going to talk about him a little bit on the needs work, which we'll segue to right now. But it was great, as people in the comment section have already said, it was great to see him get a touchdown and the game-winning touchdown at that. And it was, yeah, just with everything, everything that's going on in his life, and his family's life. It was it was just great to see him contribute. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I know it's kind of late in the game, but yeah. Look, I, I I will agree with you in part. I think it it's um, other than Stefan Diggs, the distribution of the ball, you know, is is a jump ball every week, mm-hmm. right? We want Diggs to get 
eight catches a game minimum. That usually means the Bills win. And then the distribution usually goes between four and six to two guys and then, you know, three and four to the next two guys. And I'm okay with that. And I think it's cyclical. Yeah. I mean, Stefan's your number one guy. And that's just the way it's going to look. Um, and, yeah, I guess, like, you set me up to, like, not take a shot at Dawson, even though I sent you pictures. And I don't know, like, what's up? Mm. Can I not do it now? Uh, I mean, you can do it with pictures. I mean, I didn't. No, no, I'm saying, like, you know, he is going through a lot, right? I mean, losing a family member is pretty rough. But, yeah. you know, the if anybody wants to go back, I'll key you up right now. First play of the fourth quarter. I can I can possibly pull them up. Third uh, third and one. Don't bother. Let's do this. Don't bother. Let's, no, because the the play that you want to talk about, I watched again. It, it popped like I watched it today. Um, but uh, do me a favor and do the Q forty two read real quick, and I'll see if I can get some of these pictures up. For are you talking about Iman and Q forty two? I am indeed. Is that what you're talking about? That's who. That, is- hey, that poor guy is still recovering from the weekend. Yeah, I mean, he couldn't even write copy. I mean, this guy writes copy for a living. But because he couldn't get to it, because he's a busy man and he's a huge Bills fan, he's just telling you to head on over to Q42BBQ.com. That's Q-U-E-42BBQ.com. Get your all-natural, made-in-Buffalo barbecue sauces and rubs. I use them. They're delicious. I'll be using them tonight. Roman's birthday is tomorrow, and I'm barbecuing right after this podcast. Nice. We're, have, we're having lamb, Joe. Oh. oh. Yes. Beth, dude, Beth makes lamb. She. Oh, I'm going to have a lamb off with Beth. Punch in that coupon code, all caps, FINA Show, to save 15% on your order. Go to Q42BBQ.com. Q42BBQ.com. Awesome. While I'm doing this, you get to talk about your needs work while I'm working out on how to, before we get to uh, just. Yeah. That. So, I mean, we talked about it last week. Everybody wants to diagnose what's wrong with uh, the running game from, you know, the philosophy standpoint to do we have the right guys on the offensive line? Do we have the right running backs or because their skill sets are somewhat different? Are we not running the right play with the right guy? You know, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I had a conversation with Marino about this, and he disagreed with me, so I had to kill him. <laughs> he disagreed with you? Is that what you said? He didn't disagree. He actually added a layer, which was nice. An incorrect layer. No, I'm just kidding. An incorrect um, layer. <laughs> so, uh, you know, last week I told you I had that epiphany. I shared that we don't block well from a bunch bunch set on the running game. Right. And right. I, I think because of where our guys came from, number one and two, although Zach Moss was down this game, they do much better with a cleaner uh, view in front of them. Right. And it was funny because in the game, during the game, I'm sitting next to Jerry O. That's one word, by the way, Jerry-O. Jerry-O. And Jerry-O. Yeah, first play of the fourth quarter. They line up at the budge set, and I literally tap him on the shoulder, and I say, this better not be a GD run because we suck at the run out of bunch sets. Set hook. Hand off. D-E-D. Dead. dead. Minus two and a quarter (laughs) yards. And he looked at me, and he's like, you're an asshole. And I was like, what else is new? Like, who doesn't know that? All right, let me see if I can pull these up. Jay Spence is awesome at this. I am not so much awesome. 
So here we go. Bang. So this is what we're looking at right now. So this is the formation, right? Yeah, I think uh, I think I had one to play uh, one picture back, but basically this is third and one. I've got all four. I've got all pick. All, all, right, all right. So so if you're with us now, if you're looking, the right tackle's got the guy on his outside. The right guard is the guy on his outside. The center and the left guard are going to combination block to the linebacker on the right, who's like above Josh Allen. On the back side, the linebacker walks up. I, I didn't check and see who it was. But basically, Dawson Knox has to work a combination block between the defensive end with his hand on his ground and the guy that's standing up. Yes, yeah, so there's th the three guys right here on what would be the viewer's left. And then there's right. the dude him and then the dude and then, the left. And then I think that's... Um, that's Khalil Shakir, Shakir in, the, yep. in the slot. Yep. So he's he's going to block man on, and then Gabe Davis basically has a stalk. He decides who is the most dangerous between the two on the snap of the ball between the corner and the safety who's at 10 yards, right? Right, right, right. So the way I coach this, Sal Capaccio, if you're listening, you ought to be, is for Knox, he just, first of all, you got to know, you can't rely, especially in a hostile environment, that the tackle is going to make some sort of a call. All you need to know is what is Mitch Morse doing, right? So Mitch has got a point. He points at the linebacker in front of him, and even so, there's no way in hell that Knox thinks that he is going to the linebacker that's up on top of Morse and Bates. Mm -hmm. Not a chance in hell. So what Knox ought to be doing is take one step, read the hip of the defensive lineman. If the hip goes away, meaning toward the center, right. then he should, he should spin and take the linebacker who's already in his face. Like I, I told my wife this, and she was so animated. Not really. If I could draw this up in any way, shape, or form and tell the defense to line up where I want them for this particular play, this is what I would have drawn. It would have gone for 8 to 12 yards if right. Dawson Knox just puts his right foot in the ground and turns. So go to the next frame. The next frame is this one. That, right. So look at Dawson's. Look at Dawson. He, he's looking at the helmet of the defensive lineman, and the linebacker's running through. Shakir's on his guy. Gabe Davis is diagnosed that he's going to the safety. It's a bigger threat because the corner's playing outside leverage. So you guys can't see it well, but I have boxed, if you will, the, the chief <laughs> linebacker that Dawson Knox runs away from and double teams. Don't the... say runs away because it's an assignment error. Oh, this you. is a mental error. Gotcha. I mean, Dawson is kicking himself today. Right, right. If if the coach isn't screaming at him already. Right. Uh, so all he, even at this point, even as far down the road as he is, if he can stop and put his right foot in the ground and just reach out with his left arm and just bump him, uh, this thing goes forever. I mean, look at Saffold and Morse. They're in great position to take on that stack. Saffold's going to come off on the linebacker. Deion Dawkins is eating his guy up. You can't see his guy. He's got him covered up. This play should be an 8-10 to 10 yard gain. Right, which a lot of Devin's runs were in this game. Oh, you can't. Sh don't show my last slide. Oh, don't show that. Don't, don't the, the, get one? rid of that. Drop that one. Okay. There you Thank you. Boy, I hope nobody screenshot that. <laughs> well, stop talking and they won't. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, uh, that's a big question mark. Like, why are you not blocking this guy? 
So for everybody out there, you know, and I get it. I was there. You want to blame the offensive line, but the intricacies of offensive line play. Look at Saffold coming off on the linebacker. If Dawson Knox just has a hand on the linebacker, look at the look at the safety. I mean, he's flat-footed at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Singletary's going to meet him at five yards. The, the The drive continues. I mean, look, I chose this play be, because the you know the reason that running plays fail is not always obvious. And you know, looking at this, you're like, this was a great opportunity, and it's a loud environment, which means. You know, you got all you need is one call. Everybody can do math, right? There's two guys on the front side, there's two guys in the middle, and there's two guys on the back side. You got six blockers, match up, let's go. And I, I get away from this when I'm coaching high school. They're like, well, I need a call. I'm like, you don't need a call. You need to do what Pat Hill taught me was take the blinders off. The more you know about football, you know, we always talk about football IQ. Right. That's not like a natural thing. That's like a study habit thing. Mm. Like you have to know if you're a tight end and you're going to block, you need to know the entire philosophy of the play. And Dawson didn't do it here. Yeah, and it was it was just like you said an assignment error, mental error, right? No big deal. What? Um, What? Whoa, 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 whoa! What did you say? It was an assignment error, a mental error. No big deal. Well, they won the game. Are you? Well, oh, 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 in the grand scheme. Time out, time out, time out. Time out. This okay, because you and I are going to go at it right now. No big deal. But if an offensive lineman does it, you're going to like be pulling your hair out looking for a trade. This coming from the guy who says offensive linemen play 70 plays and they don't make a mistake, but they make one bad play and all of a sudden it's trade that guy. So, and I think I don't. That's think right, but but my point is nobody really diagnoses all the plays. It's like easy to say the running game fails. You always look at five guys. You never think, oh well. And there's another one in this game that I didn't have a chance to look at because I I don't have access to the NFL films right now. But we also ran another play out of a bunch set. And it wasn't Dawson's fault on this one. It might have been Quentin Morris. But when you bring guys in like that into the box, Mm -hmm. you give the defense an opportunity when their guys are bunched up too to send somebody early where I think it was Dawson, where he he was totally outflanked. On the snap of the ball, the guy timed it up and he beat him inside. And it wasn't his fault on that play. But because you're cramping everything in there, the defense can be a little bit more creative with who they bring and then who covers the spot where they should be. Right, right. The, the gap control, so to speak. So when you talk about the work, and I want to ask you a pointed question that's it's, it's bothering me, and it's, it's weird because I want the best of both worlds. So the, the Josh Allen and the Dable offense that we have seen since Josh Allen kind of got here is Josh Allen exceeding in that intermediate 12 to 22, 12 to 25 yard range, just throwing lasers to right. wide open guys, right. scheme that way. I mean, they're, they're running routes to scheme and find soft spots in the zone. And then I want to ask you another question too. So, so, okay. re- so remind me if I forget, what's the other question? Okay. Um, and now they're running and, and Josh Allen wouldn't take what the defense gave him. He wouldn't throw the underneath stuff. He wouldn't throw, there were no tunnel screens. Like right now, this is an amazing screen team. But all those intermediate throws are gone. Like they've just vanished. And all we do now is kind of throw that underneath sub five. Like everything is like that for a guy to catch a ball and take off, which I want yak. But I want both. 
Like, is is do we is there, is there a world where you can live in both spaces? I mean, can we get dangerous Josh Allen on third and eighteen, and have Josh Allen on first and ten when everything's covered up? He's still going to hit the guy underneath. All right, so you caught me off guard. I'd probably have to go look at a completion chart for the game, but what I hear you saying is we have a lot of uh, completions at seven yards and less. It seems like. And then more at 21-plus, and then there's that 20 to 8-yard. You know, I, Daniel says it best. Joe wants it all. Joe does want it all. I He's want, aggravating his hell. I want it all. I want it all. So I'll say this. When when we look back in time, who was the guy that was providing those 12 to 14-yard gains? Well, it was varied, but you're leading into my next question. Does this off, Is this offense missing Cole Beasley? Well, I mean, we're 5-1, and one, right? That's the that's and that's the rub. It's like we're five. Right, you want everything, but so I'll also I'll also say this. I mean, you know, you if 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 our old coordinator now is as good as I think he is, because by the way, there there I I'd have to go back and really look. There wasn't a call at this point in the game that I disagreed with that didn't come from the head coach. I would have punted on fourth and three. Okay. I would have kicked the field goal. Jerry was blowing me up. Take the points. Take the points. Yeah. <laughs> I let him blow you up for a little while. I tried to give you a break. I was texting Beth. Um, <laughs> That's not appropriate. Knock it off. <laughs> I actually don't have her number, but you laughed, which was great. Um <laughs> So I, I think that Ken Dorsey is smart enough to look at the qualities of the defenses he's playing. And until people are, I don't know, until they're willing to give us a six-man rush, you know, we're not going to see some of, those, some of those bends at eight yards that turn into, you know, 26-yard plays. And until we think that they don't have the linebackers who can, who can drop into the intermediate zone, mm-hmm. we might not see it either. Uh, and again, it's like he won it all, right? We're five and one. I mean, okay, so the Miami game, kind of an outlier. I don't know what to tell you, Joe. Well, so I guess I would ask I would ask the question this way. So, a couple things. So, oh, you were going to ask another question. I wanted was, to remind was, you, and that's my way of d- 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 getting you off this topic. It was Beasley. So, so, and Pamela says Davis has stepped up. We don't need Beasley. That's not true. This offense looks wildly different. We're five and one. Are we five and one because the offense is going crazy without Beasley, or are we five and one because the defense is way better? Because yeah, no, it's a combination. I mean, we're, we're definitely better defensively. I mean, yes. we're providing some run stopping yes. that that puts our linebackers in a better position to play the air attack. Hundred and 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 Pamela did just say, did you bring it up? She. Um, you know, we don't need Beasley because we're okay in the slot. But, you know, are you'd we, have to... Are we... McKenzie dropped a whole lot of passes. Yeah, I didn't want to mention it because I like him a lot. Um, so we don't... We so don't. Here, here's, here's what I'll say to that. You have to... I mean, I focused on Beasley a lot because I, I loved him on Twitter. I loved his disruptive nature on Twitter. I loved his take John on all of it. I love this take on all of the COVID stuff, not because I agree with everything he said, but because I believe in inquiry. I believe in pressing, right? So 
Anyway, what, what Cole did when he would find a spot to sit down and then move was unimaginably hard to defend. Mm-hmm. I mean, he and Josh really had some sort of uh, unspoken communication. You know, he'd sit down, you'd look like he's covered, and he makes a quick move, and Josh threads that ball right into the right spot, throwing to this side rather than this side when Cole is going over there. So I think I think there's a miss there, but I don't think that it can't be developed. You know? I, well, <laughs> you'll never make somebody... Cole Beasley, you, but you can you can work, and, I, and I've witnessed this. You know Jim Kelly working with Andre Reed. Right, we right. run a play in practice, and then those two would have a little confab. You know, while the rest of us were, you know, doing our thing, and you you notice they're like, okay, this is what we're going to do, and then that's what those meetings are about. So I think I think that will come. Well, we've seen Allen and Diggs have those meetings. Like Allen and Diggs have, they have, and now Allen is. Uh, yeah, I know, but Diggs isn't your slot guy, right? So we're talking oh, about he, that. But he's been playing the slot a lot. So I love that. I love that about this offense. I love that Diggs is now moving around. I think Dable should have done that more. Totally agree. It's just, it's, it's weird because I don't want to sound like the guy that does quote unquote want it all. I, we are five and one, but at some point in time, and I guess this would be the follow up former offensive Buffalo Bill or, or NFL player for 10 or 11 years. Is there a point where the screen game or the, the teams that play that short pass, Kurt Warner style, fast paced offense are able to be shut down and you've got to be able to open it up. I mean, at some point in time, as much as the cover two shell stops that 14 to 22 yard intermediate game, we saw it shut down quarterbacks from the bills. JP Lossman, like, couldn't play football because they were playing in Tampa too. The Bills could beat that. Is there a defense that stops that underneath? I mean, at some point in time, somebody's going to roll out a defense meant to stop the short game, right? Well, yeah. I mean, I argue that, but as the as the running game evolves and the play action continues to evolve, I'm thinking in my opinion. Well. I mean, it looked pretty good last game. It looked pretty good last game, last game because they were trying to keep the Bills from beating them over to, over the top, right? Man, you're just like killing me here. But I'll, I'll challenge you on this. I mean, we had big plays against the Steelers, um, and and I think that when your threat is good enough and you take those shots, look at look at Gabe's touchdown, and yeah. look at Stephon Diggs' touchdown. They weren't. Yeah. They weren't 40 yarders, you know, they were, I think, 26 to, to, to 32 yards. I yeah, think that kind of falls into that category. Um, here's what I like. I, I think this year we're seeing more long balls. And I think as we as we threaten that a little bit more, it'll open up that 14-yard yard throw. I, I don't. Disagree. I think you're just jealous because you're looking at like Kelsey seems to find himself at 12 yards to 14 yards all the time, and we just want a guy who who does that again repeatedly, like Beasley did. No, no, it wasn't Beasley. Beasley did it at times, and it has nothing to do with being jealous. I want to see for my offense. Oh, you're jealous. It's oozing off see, of you. I don't want to see year over year. Hey, that stuff works. Let's not do that again. Because we saw that actually when you played the Greg's the Greg Williams era was all about that play really worked well. Let's never run that again. Like oh that play worked really well. Never run that again. Like I don't want to live in that space. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. I I do like when I have this opinion where when a running play is working, you just milk the living hell out of it. 
run it, run, run it. it. So I just so for me, it's 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 just more about knowing that we have that capability. Mm. I don't know if Beasley's. My question was more about was it the Beasley effect? Was it him that was making those other plays more available, or is it Dorsey just being that much different of a play caller? And it's working. You're right. The over the top stuff is working. The underneath stuff is working. And I love seeing him take what the defense is giving him. But man, there is something about breaking the back of a defense. Okay, all right. So I'm I'm, I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you my assessment right now. Don't expect next week what you saw last week. What about Gilliam? Was it three or four catches? And we didn't even see him last game. Yeah, we haven't seen him. All right, we we had screen game against Pittsburgh. We didn't see any real screen game against Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. So (laughs) there's. You know, so Steve, as Steve, as you have said in the past, an embarrassment of riches, right? What does Steve have to say? He says Josh is number one in the NFL by a mile in yardage and passage over twenty yards. I'm not talking about no, no. You were talking about under twenty and above eight. I'm talking about those intermediate throws. I'm not talking yeah. about rainbows. Yeah. I'm not talking about rainbows. I'm talking about how dare you accuse Josh of throwing a rainbow? Those things are a frozen rope. Oh, dude, the rainbow to Gabe Davis was amazing. I'm, I'm calling about, Mr. Allen right now. There's just there's just something about when 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 Josh Allen was drop back if it was and i'm not saying it's not there we have yet to see it because they're doing a very good job of staying in front of the sticks right so they're not seeing a lot of third and 18s they're not seeing a lot of third and 22s but we watched an offense for the last two or three years where if it was third and 19 we as bills fans were like oh josh has this he's gonna find that guy 19 yards down the field absolutely like and and it just feels like so do you think we don't have that anymore or we're just not seeing third and 19 which i don't see a lot of i i just i don't know i don't know what that answer is joe (laughs) you have you have me completely vexed i'm flummoxed you know i'm you know so much about football and i give you a great deal of credit and now I just feel like we're gonna break up after tonight, and then I'm we're gonna get we're gonna get back together tomorrow. I'm asking questions that fans. Oh, is something breaking us into? I'm asking Joe Jackson. You I'm gotta asking, listen to it. Asking, you know that. Uh, yes, I'm very familiar with Joe Jackson. That's a great I'm, I'm tune. I'm asking questions that fans ask. And I'm I asking, know. Oh, oh, oh. So you're assuming the fan role? Not assuming. That's what I am. I know nothing about football. Other than you, like- you know surprisingly less than you think you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so, I'm a horrible person. Um, I hope I hope everybody enjoys. Hey, hey can you delete the Tinder ads? We're getting Tinder coming in. Yeah, I hope everybody enjoys the John Fina show hosted by Jay Spencer King going forward. And, and Tinder. <laughs> Tinder. <laughs> Somebody delete the Tinder. Uh, so. Okay, so look, I, I I love that you're that you're thinking this way, but I have to say, and and I can get called out on this at any time, and frankly, I don't care. I think Ken Dorsey is better than the other guy. Oh, hundred percent. His feel. Hundred percent or eighty. His, his or twenty. Well, he's running the Dable offense, right? But he's added his nuances. But his feel for the game. Yes, that's what it is. I like when I said earlier that I there aren't many plays that I disagree with him calling situationally. 
that is like I had head scratchers when Dable would call plays. Hundred percent. Second and yes. eleven. Yes. Running the football with Zach Moss. What are you doing? You had him inactive. Well, it's not that he's running it; it's the type of run. But even still, and the player, and I don't mean this year. Last year, you've got him inactive the week before. This 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 week, it's second and eleven or second and nine, and you're running Zach Moss. What are we doing right now? Mm-hmm. This is bad. And you're running him straight in the back of the offensive guard, off into the right guard. And yeah, it's just, yeah, that's a whole different conversation for another day. This was a great show, dude. So, Do you think so? I think so. I thought it was a great show. <laughs> I mean, we talked about buying a house, we talked about getting a mortgage, and we talked about delicious barbecue sauces and rubs. Beyond that, I don't know what the hell we accomplished. Uh, I don't know, but there's a whole bunch of people watching this show live right now, and people, yeah. you, you, I, how many people came up to you this weekend and said, "I love your show, I love your podcast." You know what they said? They said, "I love Joe. Who are you?" So I'll, <laughs> I'll say this: I, I, I don't want to run from the bunch set. Okay, I don't want to see it anymore, unless it's first and ten. Okay, third and one. Keep that shit away from me. Okay, flat out. Number two. If you're going to block on a running play, I don't care if you're, I'm not going to use the expression that I texted you. I don't care if you're a receiver or a tight end. Know the goddamn play. Be able to. Family show. Family show. Sorry. (laughs) Know the play. Be able, you know, you're not that far away. You can see Mitch Morse. He's going to make a call. He's going to point. All you have to do is count. He points at him. That's one. That's two. That's three. That's four. I have four. Block number four. I have three. Block number three. That's how this works. Yeah. Yeah. Cut it out. We're at the point now where we can't have a play like that again. We don't have to have that play. I tell them, I, I coach high school kids, and I say, look, you're not allowed to have a mental error. You can actually play a game without a mental error. That doesn't mean you won't get your ass whipped, but you don't have to have a mental error. Okay? All right? All right. You good with that? So the other thing that I'll say is, and I just thought about it, I'm like, don't think you know what we're going to look like this week because of what we saw last week. I agree. Between the amount of Gilliam we saw in this game and none in the last game, between the amount of screen game, between the amount of sideline threat that we had in this game to the middle of the field threat this last game against the Steelers, I think really Ken Dorsey and his team are working with the players and trying to figure out exactly where to attack, and it's working. We're 5-1. and one. Can you read I the, love it. Can you read the comment from a listener? Uh, I don't think he's a listener, and he doesn't use capitals like I use capitals. It should be capital F, capital U, capital Joe F. Miller has a comment, and he says, hashtag fired up Fino. I got to tell you, we're breaking up. We're breaking up. I need, is there anybody in the comment so she, uh, section that can uh, uh, litigate for our divorce? Because it's a 24-hour breakup. Half of nothing is nothing. <laughs> Touche. Touche, big sexy. Touche. It was a lot of fun. This you know what? I the problem is I double fisted it in this one because I was so excited we won. We beat Kansas City, Kansas City, and I was there with Jerry O and the Bills Mafia and the Bills Mafia babes and Arkansas and Kansas City and Joplin, Missouri, and all of the crew killing it. That was an awesome experience. I want to say that aside from the Bills, I am thoroughly Thoroughly overwhelmed with all the Bills Mafia. They're great people. 
They are fantastic. It was even a, though our even though our tailgate food was a little substandard. It was a little substandard, <laughs> but it was still good. Who so, survived? We survived. It was still good. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been tuned into the Off Tackle with John Fiedis show, brought to you by the Market Dominator team on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, presented by Picasso's Pizza. My name is Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. That guy right there, John Fina, as always at John Fina. John, final final thoughts, final words for for the for the people in the yes, I'd I'd like to make an announcement. Oh, um, Joe and I are already getting back together. The breakup lasted thirty seconds, <laughs> um, but more important than that, I am this close to confirming a very very exciting special guest mm. next week for the bye week. Um, once it's confirmed, we'll let you know. Tell your friends. I think that you out there in the Bills Mafia, people in the chat, will definitely want to tune in because I am super excited. It'll either be next week or certainly a week thereafter. This but is, uh, uh, an exclusive that nobody else has gotten. No one else has gotten. Yeah, it's uh, it's yeah. When you sent me, I that, got the chills. They're multiplying. Those are my last thoughts, Joe. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, Daniel Gary says that uh, you can't quit me, so I can't. Oh, <laughs> Mimi Fina was like bromance. Listen, Mimi Fina, you said you were going to listen tomorrow. How's Lewis? That's funny. Mimi, uh, uh, Lewis is Mimi's boyfriend. He flies I'm, for Ryanair. I'm going to go into, uh, you know, I'm going to go into shut it down, shut shut down the whole daughter and boyfriend conversation because I'm not about that. So I got two girls, and I know how you feel. So <laughs> Shut the, shut the boyfriend off down. Oh, uh, so I, uh, I don't know. Denial ain't just a river in Egypt. That's right. I'm. Uh, it's it's the bye week. The Buffalo Bills are five and one, the best team in the AFC, probably in football. They cannot lose that spot. Um, they're flying high, living on top of the world. All signs point to you know the the road to the playoffs going through Buffalo, which I'll be at. You'll be at. Um, wildest dreams land, baby. Wildest dreams on. That's right. Wildest dreams. Let's Holy enjoy smokes. the bye week. Enjoy football next weekend. Taking a whole day of stress-free football on Sunday and Monday. Thursday, if you watch on Prime and watch horrible football games on Prime Network, but it is what it is. But yeah, that's that's pretty much all I got. I love you, bro. I, uh, yeah, appreciate. Uh, I love the opportunity to get to do this show with you. So yeah. Uh, likewise, love you too, brother. And uh, I, how does this work? Do you say final word to me, or do I say it to you? You always, say it. you always say it. Go Bills. Go Bills. Appreciate you guys.